Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn how important it really is to refuel right after a workout and why it's important to learn about the chemicals in tattoo ink. We'll also discuss a listener question about egg entropy with a special guest, Ralph Crew from the podcast Science News and Cues. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Cody, have you ever heard of the metabolic window or like the anabolic window? Yes. It says that you should eat like within 20 minutes of working out to get the maximum muscle growth. Right. And if you don't, then you basically lose all of the benefits you might have gotten from that workout. Yes, I've heard that. Well, luckily, it's not true. Really? Yeah. The idea that you have to refuel right after a workout used to be supported by science. So don't be too hard on yourself if you thought this too. The term for this was the metabolic window of opportunity. It was based on the fact that exercise breaks down muscle fibers and depletes your stores of glycogen, which is the sugary substance your muscles use for fuel. The metabolic window was supposedly a time frame when your body was primed to absorb the maximum amount of carbs and protein to rebuild muscle and refill your glycogen stores. And like I said, a bunch of studies have backed this up since at least 1985. But a bunch of studies have also landed on the opposite conclusion, saying that the time you refuel doesn't really matter. Some even suggested that fueling beforehand would get you better results than fueling after a workout. All these differing results inspired sports researchers Brad Schoenfeld and Alan Aragon to do a meta-analysis in 2013. That's a study of other studies where researchers collect all the data from the past studies they can get and analyze it together in one super-powered result. Their meta-analysis found that consuming protein right after a workout had a small but statistically significant advantage over waiting a few hours. But there were a few problems with the data from some of the studies they analyzed. For example, a lot of those studies didn't give the same amount of protein to control groups and experimental groups. That's why Schoenfeld and Aragon decided to perform their own experiment for a study published in December 2018 they had resistance-trained men take a protein supplement either right before or right after lifting weights. And after 10 weeks, there were no differences in the amount of muscle growth between the two groups. That's not to say that fueling for exercise isn't important. It's just easier to do than having to stick with that tight metabolic window you may have heard about. As long as you consume enough protein throughout the day, your body will have enough nutrients to rebuild muscle and restock its energy stores. Eat regularly and you'll be fine. Do you know what chemicals are in your tattoo? This might sound like a simple question, but it's really not. Sometimes tattoo enthusiasts and even artists have no idea exactly what chemicals are in their tattoos. And it turns out the range of chemicals is huge. Some pigments are sourced from natural ingredients, while others can be sourced from the textile, plastic, or even automotive industry. And although tattoo artists have to be certified to work legally, tattoo inks and pigments are actually not regulated by any government authority. I'll give you a few tips for staying safe, but first, let's talk about why this should cause a little bit of concern if you're thinking about getting inked in the near future. Recent studies looking at a wide variety of tattoo pigments have found some not-so-great chemicals in tattoo ink, like ones that contain carcinogens that can move from your skin to the lymph nodes. Azo pigments make up about 60% of the color ingredients in tattoo inks, and although they're safe when they first enter the skin, they can degrade over time into potentially cancer-causing compounds. Other studies have found inks with formaldehyde, which is a carcinogen, along with other harmful metals like nickel, chromium, and cobalt. But listen, that doesn't mean all tattoos are unsafe. 
Modern high-quality pigments are usually made from various metal salts. Different metals pose different risks, which means certain colors are inherently riskier than others. Red ink in particular can cause sensitivity reactions and other health problems more than, say, black ink, which can be easily made from safe sources. The list goes on. But the bottom line is that if you want to be safe about getting a tattoo, stick to reputable artists and don't be afraid to save up and pay a premium price. Cheap inks are cheap for a reason. You should ask your tattoo artist to provide as much information as possible about where the inks came from and what they're made of. And be specific about the colors involved. A tattoo is forever, after all. I don't have any, though, so... I don't either. I've thought about it throughout my life, but I think, I think I'm in the no camp. We can't tell you what's in your tattoo ink, but we can tell you about the super cool technology inside the globes from today's sponsor. Yes, today's episode is sponsored by Mova Globes, globes that rotate by themselves using a first-of-its-kind technology. We've got a special offer just for Curiosity Daily listeners to help you get your hands on a brand new Mova Globe, spelled M-O-V-A. It'll rotate using hidden magnets, so all you need to supply is ambient light. There are no batteries or cords, meaning it'll look just as sleek and sexy as your latest high-end tattoo. Only, you know, the globe you can actually move later if you don't like where you put it. There are 40 different designs, and they're all super detailed. Our friends at Mova Globes work directly with a member of the Cassini mission to create the design for Saturn's moon Titan. There's also a famous art collection, not to mention lots of different versions of good old planet Earth. No matter what your style is, we have an exciting offer just for you. You can get 15% off your purchase. Please visit movaglobes.com slash curiosity and use coupon code curiosity, that's C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y, for 15% off your purchase. One more time, to get 15% off of your purchase, visit movaglobes.com slash curiosity and use coupon code curiosity. We're going to wrap up today with a fun listener question that shows the importance of using very precise language in science. And we answered this question with some help from Ralph Crew. He's the creator and co-host of Science News and Cues, also known as Snack, a Carnegie Science Center podcast. Here's what happens when you put three science communicators in a room to try to talk through a seemingly simple question from one of our listeners, Lazar in Serbia. This one's tricky, but I like the challenge. Which one has a greater entropy, a raw egg or a boiled egg? Have you guys thought about this question at all? I have, and my first thought was like, Oh, well, clearly a boiled egg. And then I was like, oh, but wait, but oh, I don't know. I think it's going to depend on how you're measuring entropy. On a very micro scale, within the white of an egg, it is a, a liquid. And then when it is boiled, it becomes a solid. And in general, uh, the entropy in a solid can be considered to be lower than in a liquid because the liquid can be all disordered in a million different states. However, I think it also depends on how you, you know, what scale you imagine the egg in, right? To go from a raw egg to a boiled egg, there are many, many different routes that that could take, you know, but to go from a boiled egg back to a raw egg is highly improbable. So I think it is entropic in general to go from raw to boiled. Therefore, overall on a grand scale, the entropy is higher for a boiled egg. However, on a micro scale, perhaps not. And then that's not even considering whether or not something has biological potential, which I would say a biological organism is perhaps the most ordered uh, system. So it would have, in, in that case, very low entropy. 
So, but that's a that's a tricky question, and I, I I've actually I looked it up and saw a couple of different people describing it different ways. Everyone's had a boiled egg before, you know, and and yet you can open up these huge questions about entropy and the nature of the universe, uh, which I, I always think is really fun. Yeah, I think I always hear about it as uh, what has higher entropy, a raw egg or a fried egg, and in that case, you have cracked open the egg and the egg is out. And that makes it a lot more straightforward to me. But if you keep it in the shell, somehow that just throws everything for a loop because it's like in the same system. It's like, I don't know. Well, and it also, I mean, depending on on what's like how granular you want to get, if you go down to the atomic level, then the amount of heat in the system starts to play a really big role. And it's like, is the boiled egg cooled off or not? Um, Because if the boiled egg has a big temperature gradient between it and its surroundings, then that's a low entropy state. But if it is cooled, then that entropy has gone up. And so that, you know, that I think actually overall, depending on like how people actually measure physical entropy in chemical reactions. And uh, in that case, it may just come down to the temperature of it, you know, and is this raw egg freshly laid at the temperature of a chicken? Or is it refrigerator temperature? You know, that actually probably plays a pretty big role in what you would call its entropy. But overall, if you just look at the egg as a single unit instead of as trillions of atoms, then I think you can look at entropy through a broader lens, and then I think it's pretty clear. Uh, I mean, I'm not an egg expert, (laughs) but I think that it's pretty clear that a boiled egg would have higher entropy than a raw one. You're not an egg expert? I can't believe I let that one go. What a yoke. Once again, that was Ralph Crew, host of the podcast Science News and Cues, also known as Snack. That's S-N-A-Q. We'll put a link to Ralph's podcast in today's show notes. And thanks for your question, Lazar. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.